Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Fire Church Karam Downs. Thank you, everyone. Let's open up, open up in prayer. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this. For this moment, God, we thank you that we are alive in this in this time, Lord. David actually needed Goliath in front of him to be David. So, Lord, we thank you, God, that whatever challenges we face in this time and in this season, God, you've got the grace for it. So, Lord, I just pray right now that you touch every soul in here, God, that are, and and those who are who are with us, Lord, in in fellowship, Lord, that you just spark a fire within their belly, God, to be brave and to be bold and to look forward to your coming, God, to your return with eagerness. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise God. All right, with, I was going to thank the worship team, but praise God, they're gone already. Hello, thank you, worship team. Thanks, Matt. Well, um, I'm sure you guys have heard about um, what was happening this week with, uh, with Andrew Thorburn. Yeah? I'm, there's a part of me that was like, Andrew Thorburn, for those of you who are who's not following the news, he was the um, Essendon football team CEO for 24 hours before the truth, the scandalous truth came out that he was a Bible-believing Christian. And so they asked him, it's like, these are contrary to our values. And so you get to pick one. You get to pick the Essendon Football Club or you get to be a chairman of your church. And Andrew decided to follow, uh, decided to follow Jesus. Decided to follow yeah, follow God. Um, there's some people that posted some articles, um, you know, questioning about about his time while he was on the, um, on the NAB board. Um, I don't know the truth of it. I don't know either way. But I, I do know that our society is becoming more and more hostile towards Christian. You know, someone posted, you know, he went, he went from love is love to get away from here, Christians, you know, very quickly. But I've got good news for you. In Exodus 1 verse 12, it says, when Pharaoh was oppressing the children of Israel, it says, the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and flourished. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. I come from Indonesia, and Indonesia, Balas, I heard, is, it's about 10% born again. It's a country of about 250 million, and 10% of the 250 million is a born again, born again Christians. Are you following me? The reason for that is because they've had two full-on revivals, and each of the revivals happen 
after the Muslims there go on, on, a, on a rampage, chopping people's heads off and murdering people. And after that, the church would pray and revival would break out. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm different. I don't know, I'm built differently. I'm excited for the challenges that we face because I know that the church is rising up and the church are praying. And so our church, um, we're actually pursuing revival and revival, you know, everyone has got their own definition of what revival is, but basically it's Jesus really taking over in a greater way. Um, some people define revival as just healing of the sick and casting out devils. Um, you know, that is a measure of revival, but I'm so glad that, you know, as a church we've been pursuing it and as a reality in, in our midst, that healing of the sick is not the privilege of the few, but it's actually the children's bread. You know, the Bible describes us as vessels, as cups. And we can pour out, we, we initially we will fill with the world and God calls us to pour out, to pour out the, the, the filling, the infilling that is the world and asks us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you can actually heal the sick and cast out devils. Can I get an amen? amen. You know, I think I heard that, you know, our amazing team, we just came back from uh, Darwin, um, they saw some amazing miracles and especially one of them was a, was a lady who had cancer, terminal cancer, and has been confirmed to have been healed. Can we give the Lord a round of applause for that one? So, the purpose of the next four weeks and the purpose of this sermon is actually to encourage us to press in deeper into God. Right now, what we need is not a lukewarm church. We need an on-fire church. We need a group of people who are devoted to God and to each other. We need, you know, and, and I was just starting to lay some things on, on the altar and, and God has asked me for, for something. And I hopefully God will speak to you guys today about that thing that, that we can lay down and we can burn on the altar if you want fire, fire falls down and it consumes sacrifice. And so hopefully God will speak to you and you can go, you can, you can have a chat with God and, and discover what is that thing that hinders you from greater intimacy and you can burn that up on the altar of sacrifice. Amen? So, joining, oh, the slides are up. So I'm gonna begin from Genesis chapter one. I love the book of Genesis. It is so rich. Um, you know, I, I, can, I can literally take one hour reading Genesis chapter one every day. It gets just so thick. Genesis means um, origin. It means the beginning. It is the book of origin. And it begins with, in the beginning, God. It doesn't try to convince you that there is a God. It just says, in the beginning, there is God. And we continue to live in a society that is trying to wage war against God. <sighs> so God, God is love. But this loving God defines things that are good for us and it defines things that are bad for us. Okay? 
So when God says something is not good for us, the Bible calls it sin, those things are not love. Are you with me? Now, having said that, I just want to say this, and I'm sure these are the, the beliefs of uh, Pastor Alex and Pastor Jess. And, you know, we love everyone. We welcome everyone. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what your struggles are. My sin is not greater than your sin. Your sin is not worse than my sin. You know, everyone needs Jesus. The problem with sin is that it is a lack of God. The Bible calls us to be filled with God and to renew our mind. So we don't reject anyone. We don't hate anyone. However, we are, when he's talking about ideology, we can be a little bit firm with ideology. We love people, but firm against ideology. Are you following me? So there's a certain ideology that are pushing against us. And so I'm pushing back. We're pushing back. But towards people who are swayed by theology, we are gentle and kind. Yeah? Can I get an amen? amen? So, God created the light and separated the light and darkness. Some people say, well, how can God create light and darkness and in, in all of this in, in six days? Well, it begins with God. God created the heavens and the earth. Are you with me? He's God. Before there was a heaven, there was God. So God is even bigger than heaven. Are you with me? So if God created heaven, He can create anything. He can create light. He can create the sun. And so it begins, then it continues on to Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 28. After He created the earth, He created the sun, He created the moon, He created dry land, He created the creatures in it. On day six, He says, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And again, it's a, a little clue there. We believe in a triune God. The word there is Trinity. Tri, three, in unity. We believe in God that is three persons but one substance. And I was, I was, as I was making the Jesus journey course, I said, you know what? If I was making up a religion, I wouldn't come up with the Trinity. <laughs> it is, it's not a concept that I like to explain. It is a concept that the Bible declares and any faithful study of Scriptures would lead you to that conclusion. In Matthew 28, God says, you know, baptize him. Jesus says, baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, one, equated himself with the Father. Then he also equated the Holy Spirit with the Father and himself. God says, you, can't, you shall not worship anyone but the Lord your God. Jesus accepted worship. When the Pharisees ask him, who are you? Jesus says, before Abraham was born, your father, someone that you revere. I goes, I am. You know that word I am? It's Yahweh. Before Abraham was born, I self-exist. The Pharisees knew what he was talking about, picked up stones and tried to stone him. Are you with me? Right, those clues are, 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 are riddles that I dropped in the beginning. Then in Genesis 1 verse 31, God created all things and He says it was good, but towards mankind He says, behold, it was very good. Turn to your neighbour and say, very good. Very good. Turn to your other side and say, you are amazing. You are amazing. 
Say it to yourself, I am amazing. Then I have to make a statement. Mr. Dan Andrews, God bless his soul. Um, he says, aren't we all God's children? Kind of true. But the Bible says, unless you are born again. The Bible says we are dead in trespasses and sins. But to as many that will believe in Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. Without being born again, we are flesh that are dead in trespasses and sins. Okay? For too long, the church has been too afraid to address these things. Um, if you don't know my story, I, I've been in jail before Jesus, so I, I don't mind going back there again for Jesus. Like, <laughs> now, some people I get threatened, it's like, whatever, I'm going to go to jail. Well, yeah, I'll be all right. I'm going there with Jesus this time, not because I was stupid. It's, it's, it's funny, but it's not. It's like, it's coming a day where, where you just preach like I did. You've got to be willing to go there. <laughs> Woo! All right. Let us go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm there. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 3. You've got your Bible. Open up your iPhone, your Android. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, which God has said, You shall not eat, no, you shall touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, you will always be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Then I'm going to jump. Okay, oh, I'm going to read it. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, then it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was de desirable to make one wise, she took the fruit and ate it. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of the both of them were open. Read that again. Verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open. So if their eyes was open in verse 7, how do she see the snake? Verse 1, the serpent was more cunning. Verse 7, they ate from the tree of knowledge and their eyes were opened. How did Adam and Eve see the serpent before their eyes were open? Through the Spirit. So they saw the serpent in the spirit realm, the serpent came along. So they saw it. Uh, I don't know. I got it. This is a funny story. When I was, uh, this is my mom at the front. Hi, mom. Before, our, and then that's my wife. Hello. She's an introvert, so she's like, whatever. When I was single, uh, my mom would, 
you know, encourage me. He's like, hurry up and get married. <laughs> then I'd be like, fine, all right, I'll go look. <laughs> then, then I, because she was pressuring me. Then, then I would go, all right, I, I met someone at church. I give her the name. I go, can you please pray? This is the name. What do you think? What does God think? And then she would come back <laughs> and she would go, I had a dream. It was snake everywhere. Snake, <laughs> snake, snake. So I stayed away. It was um, a lot funny at the time. No, but God gave, God gave warning. There was also there was other time where um, I met a, a nice young lady. And again, I thought, oh, yeah, she's all right. And then this prophet just came out of nowhere. No, nothing. I just literally said in my heart, I go, oh, she's, she looks all right. Then this prophet comes along and goes, See, I see this. I saw a vision of you. I saw this snake um, crawling towards you. God's saying, This is not the one. And I'm like, Far out, man. It's like, All right, all right. But when I met my lovely wife, I asked Dan and my mom, and they both come back with, She's the one. So moral of the story is um, just check with God. Check with God. Because sometimes you can look at something or you can look at someone and they may be wonderful in the physical, but you don't know what the spirit is. Having said that, I don't want people to get paranoid. Okay? No, don't. There's, there's people that's like, everyone's a devil. We're called to love. But yes, walk with God. Okay. So the point is this. Okay, jump to verse... Eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said, Adam, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. The question is, who told Adam that he was naked and shameful? Anyone? It was himself. That's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil does. It gives you the ability to think, to look and to judge separate from God. God says towards mankind, behold, they were very good. They ate from the tree of knowledge. Adam looked at himself, goes, I'm naked, I'm ashamed, I'm bad, and he ran away. So God is telling us that this whole Christian walk is actually a struggle between the voices. In Romans chapter eight, it says, in Romans chapter six, it says, Whomever you obey is your master. Adam and Eve did not obey the voice of God. Adam and Eve obeyed the voice of the serpent and then they listened to their own voice. So what voice are you listening to? Today we're talking about prayer. But in my experience, I find that it's hard to teach people prayer if there's any wrong belief within us. How can we approach God and pray when we don't even believe that we are worthy to stand in His presence? 
So I wanna address this first before we get to the praying. Because if you don't believe you are worthy and terror, oh, God bless you. You know, she mentioned about enter boldly the throne room of grace. That's actually a, a scripture I'm gonna use. That's what the invitation of today is. Enter boldly into His presence because of what He has done and what He has said. Are you following me? What lies have you believed? Who do you see yourself? Are you a sum of what you've done in the past? Or are you a sum of what He has done? People say, do you know, you know, do you know what I've done? To that I say, do you know what He's done? It's not about what you've done. It's not about what you didn't do. It's about Him. Because at the point of salvation, we are actually drawn into His death. We are co-united to His death. That's what the baptism is. When you get baptised, you're drawn down into His death. Co-buried. And when He rises up from the water, you are co-resurrected. You become a new creation. Christianity is not about fixing the old person. It's about a new identity. You can, you can clap a little bit louder. This is the truth, folks. Because without this, it's about trying to fix the old person. But God is not trying to fix the old person. He wants to kill the old person. The devil and God is trying to kill you. God is trying to kill your old identity. The devil is trying to kill you full stop. Trying to hurt you in the process, drag you down. But in the process of us dying in the Lord, we rise again a new creation. Are you with me? So this is a, a simple word. So what does God say about us? John 3.16, please. Everyone's heard of this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If God doesn't love you, what would He give you His Son? If God doesn't love you, what would He die on a cross? He loves you so much. So this is, the, this is my counselling. This is my idea of counselling. Believe the Word of God. Submit to the Word of God. Don't listen to the voice of the serpent. Don't listen to your own opinion of you. Obey the Word of God. How can God loves me? Well, He's proven it on the cross. If you're trying to look for the love of God in a brand new car or, or a house, you'll be disappointed. But if you look for a proof of God loving you on the cross, you'll be satisfied. Next verse. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God in Him. That's the truth. Say Amen. The word amen means so be it. It means it's truth. It means verily. So there's something about confession. So God made him who knew no sin to be sin so that we who knew no righteousness could be the righteousness in God. Confess that every morning. 
Declare that. Let that bounce around in your mind. Instead of, I'm not worthy and God hates me. Don't rebuke that. Cast those things down. Ephesians 2 verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We're no longer far away. God and us are united into one. Are you with me? And one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. In the Old Testament, it was God for us, then God with us. And then now we're living in a covenant where it says God's in us. You can't get any closer than that. Then finally, Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find hindrance and find grace to help in time of need. <laughs> therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. Can I invite you, church? We need a, a powerful church. We need Christians to be filled with the Spirit. We need people to be pressing into God. You know, like we don't automatically just manifest Jesus. All of us have the capacity to, to manifest Jesus, but there is a difference. If you spend time, whoever you spend time with, you're gonna become like. I, I remember I was watching, yesterday I posted a, um, a clip of Reinhard Bonnke. Someone asked, uh, Roy Fields, it was this minister asking Reinhard Bonnke, Reinhard, <clears throat> can you imagine a time where when you cross over, you know, that day when you go into heaven, he's like, have you ever thought about what it would be like? And then Reinhardt goes, that may be so. He goes, but I know him already. <laughs> he goes, I know him by the Spirit. So he's saying that what, what is it going to be like when you see Jesus face to face? And Reinhardt replied with, I don't know. That may be so, but I already know him, which is wild, isn't it? Then there's another story of Reinhardt flying into Benin, which is, you know, apparently the, the worst witchcraft capital of, um, of Africa, of Western Africa, or it could be the whole Africa. And this apostle turning around and said to him, he's like, Reinhard, we're flying into the, we're about to land in Benin now. He goes, can you feel the darkness? And then Reinhard turned around and goes, that may be so, but the only thing I could feel is the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> there are some people that just wrecks you, doesn't it? It's like you can think you're saved, but then you hang out with Reinhardt and you think, oh my goodness, maybe I need to get saved again. <laughs> but the point is this, we can always go deeper into Jesus. Charles Finney, if Charles Finney, he's a, he was, God used him for the second great awakening in the, in the US. If Charles Finney was talking to you today, half of you will be on the floor in the first five minutes. That's what he calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He says when he preached, he has to speak softly because if he gets too loud, people will just fall. 
he'll be talking about the weather and people will be, would come under the conviction of sins. Are you with me? So he calls that the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then I don't have it yet. Because there is always more of God. See, you know, if, if you go from a, like a dead church and then you start seeing miracles, you go, wow, we're in revival. But then you can look at it and go, well, actually, that's normal Christian life. You know, then, then, what does, then, you go, then what does the book of Acts call revival? For them, that's also the everyday, everyday living. And we're not even there yet. Are you following me? So the point is, we can always go deeper, we can always go further, we can always keep pressing in. I'm going to read to you from um, a quote from a Franklin Hall's book, Atomic Power of Prayer and Fasting. And next year, Pastor Alex had been praying and he felt like the theme is going to be hungering after God. So this is a quote. Fasting is a powerful tool, whether used by Christ-fearing men and women or used by the heathen worshipping idols. It has almost the power of magic. When this powerful process is directed properly with every member of our, of our being centered on Jesus, there is spiritual force that is even greater than atomic power. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, the Bible, Jesus was teaching about when you give. Matthew 6, verse 5 to 15. When you fast. Matthew 6, verse 16 to 18. Oh, when you pray. Matthew 6, 16 to 18, when you fast. So when you give, when you pray, when you fast, those are the pillars of our faith, of, of our spirituality. So God, you know, is encouraging us to press into Him in fasting as well. I know that in the past, there's people that are saying that fasting is a bit religious, as it works. Don't listen to them because by their fruit, you shall know them. You know, before this, they'll make you like they are. So you look at the fruit of their life, then you go, okay, do I want to be like them? If they're dead, religious, not moving in power, and they say, you know, well, that's the fruit of it. So don't follow that. But if you look at the people of like Tim Hall, you know, Ben Fitzgerald, they're all people who fast regularly, who praise regularly. Amen? So, praise God. Can I get the... Um, the keyboard, please. We don't want to, I'm going to give a time where we can um, engage with the message and you can speak to God. If you've got anything that hinders you from approaching His presence, well then have a chat with God. And for those of you who are already believers in Jesus, is there any part of your life that is actually in the way of greater intimacy? As I was in, in worship, God is already speaking to me about something that he wants me to lay down. Just for the next seven days, just, just lay it down. But before we go on, the, on, on to that, you cannot enter the presence of God without going through Jesus. The question is this morning, are you born again? Do you know Him? The Bible describes us as vessels, as cups, before meeting Jesus, we are full of envy, we're full of greed, we're full of fear, selfishness. And at the cross, Jesus wants us to repent. And that repentance is just pour it out. Turn that cup upside down. Pour everything that you were 
out and ask God and the Holy Spirit to fill you. When you go through Jesus, you'll be filled with love, joy, peace, patience, with all of His natures. You become sons and daughters. You be adopted. You're not just automatically son of God. We fell. We were sons of God. We were daughters of God, but we fell and we became enemies of God. But when you believe in Jesus, He says, no man can, can go back to the Father unless they go through me. So Jesus wants you to return back to the Father this day. Can I get every head bowed, please? Eyes closed. I'm gonna give an invitation. Have you been born again? If you'd like to receive Jesus, can I just get you to lift up your hand? See, you're not saved because you've been in a church. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Have you repented? Have you turned around? Have you walked away from the world? The word repent means the word return, turn around. We cannot be facing the world and confess Jesus because the ways of the world is deathly. It separates us from God. And God is calling you today. So is there anyone here, would you like to give their life to Jesus? Can I get you to lift up your hand, please? Thanks for listening to another online message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.